Look, if you had more than one shot, more than one opportunity to get a good ending to a story, would you accept the first the end or go back to the start? Yo. Nepal, get ready. We three ain't forgetting. We all have to find the Yeti. Mom's spaghetti. We ate it. As we stated, unreliterated, you've waited all chapter for what you're getting. So let's go, man. Get your ass west of Japan. Pass the ninjas up for the abominable snowman. That's the whole plan. The Himalayas calling like Tarzan. So let's go. Hop into my soccer dad van. Podcast for the hell of it. Oh, we ain't selling shit. Nope, we're just reading lit. Hoping we're making the most of these choices. Just me and the boys. And I know that you're moist at the sound of our voices. Andy, Harold, and Josh say, oh my gosh. This might be the best intro ever You better choose yourself in the pages And take care to make it You better think about it, son You only get one chance unless you leave your finger there Then you can backtrack if you get an ending You better choose yourself in the pages And take care to make it You better think about it, son You only get one chance unless you leave your finger there Then you can backtrack if you get an ending Unreliterated the podcast that probably shouldn't let Andy edit unsupervised anymore. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, Analysis too immature for literary scholars and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers, and sometimes we just fucking read a book and spoil the shit out of it and get to the ending, and uh, that is the case for our Choose Your Own Adventure episodes, which we have now reached at long last. I'm Andy. I'm Harold. And I'm Josh. And we're bringing you the final snowy, cold book of this winter chapter. Winter's hopefully ending soon here in Michigan. We're expecting some winter weather tonight, but uh, should just be some freezing rain or whatever. So no more snow. We're inside a little relapse right now. <laughs> yep. Just can't quit you, winter. Meanwhile, I installed my air conditioner last weekend because <laughs> it's warm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Soak it up for while you can, Josh. I know. Soak I know. It up. I am. I'm trying to. No, it's weird. We're actually having a spring in California this year instead of going from winter to summer. So I'm enjoying it. Other than the fact that my face is exploding because of allergies. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's that. <laughs> yeah, I'm miserable in my own way. <laughs> don't worry <laughs> oh there's always there's there gonna be no shortage of ways to be miserable it is life after all life is pain life is pain anyone who says otherwise is just selling something <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is that movie is ingrained in my brain so <laughs> you're gonna get the end of it if you start a beginning quote <laughs> the princess bride for anyone who could have possibly not seen that movie yeah if you haven't seen this that movie it's okay to pause this watch it and then unpause this because it's worth it yep then you can come back and laugh at the joke <laughs> yeah absolutely mandatory watching yep there's so many so many jokes out there so many references that you've been missing so many uh just uh <laughs> Go watch it. It would be really odd for someone to have not seen it. Now, I didn't watch it until I was nearly 20 years old, and I was forced to watch it because sure. someone kept telling me The Princess Bride, The Princess Bride, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> like, Ew, The Princess Bride, that goes against my manly sensibilities. Right. Well, at the time, I, I definitely only really enjoyed action films and that's like full stop at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what the Princess Bride included. However, I had watched things like Robin Hood Men in Tights. I had watched, you know, other other films that were along the same vein. But for some reason, that that title just didn't strike me as being something that I would want to watch. And when I watched it, I was like, man, I I wish <laughs> I had watched it sooner. But I was actually kind of glad that I watched it at a time where I got all the jokes as opposed to seeing it as a kid and, and yeah. missing things. 
Yeah, that sounds like it helps quite a bit. But man, Carrie Elwes, Andre the fucking giant, <laughs> right? Mandy Patinkin, how can you go wrong? <laughs> Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yeah. Oh man, Harold, it's got everything. It's got fencing, fighting, <laughs> true love. Sorry, but, that's from the movie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I find it hard for people to not know the line, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die, or something, whatever it is. I don't know, remember what nope, the exact quote it. is. Is that? Well, you missed the hello. Uh, yeah. Hello. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father, prepare to die. Yeah. You know what? I don't think Janelle's seen it. <gasps> I was say- Really? I was saying that Inigo Montoya line the other day, and she was like, what? What? Yeah, no, you should recognize that line immediately because he literally yeah. repeats it over and over again as he attacks uh, the For, the guy who actually yep. did kill his father, the six fingered man. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're doing a we're gonna we're be watching a, it. Uh, yeah. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Speaking of the Princess Bride, here comes the abominable snowman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Andre would have been a great abominable snowman. Ooh. Yeah. I yeah. believe that would have been great so. to see. So this week, it's going to be me reading The Abominable Snowman, Choose Your Own Adventure. It was Choose Your Own Adventure number 13 back when it was first published in 1982, but uh, they started reprinting the books in 2005, and this one was number one when they started doing that. So it has different numbers in the series, whatever, but Hmm. maybe it'll be number one in our hearts. I haven't read any of it. (laughs) Well, maybe. I mean, there might be a reason they picked it to be the first one to reprint. Mm -hmm. It was popular enough to be made into an animated DVD, uh, interactive DVD game uh, featuring voice actors such as William H. Macy, Frankie Muniz, Lacey Chabert, Felicity Huffman, Mark Hamill, Phil Lamar, and Dee Bradley Baker. Some pretty big voice actor names out there. Mark Hamill? Yeah, Mark Hamill. Was Plus, man, that. I love I love William H Macy. He just shows up in things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the way William H Macy shows up and stuff. I enjoy his department store. It's very clean. <laughs> and his parade. <laughs> and his and his parade. Yeah, the parade is always fun for the kids. For the kids. Got to do it for the kids. But yeah, um, th- this is actually is <laughs> I found it on eBay for three dollars and eighty seven cents, and I think I'm gonna buy it, and we're gonna <laughs> go through it. It it looks like it's loosely based on this story, based on what I can see. But no, it is the Abominable Snowman as an interactive DVD. Hmm. All right, that seems like fun. Yeah. Anyways, I can I can video in how <laughs> you guys hang out. <laughs> right. But the story was written by R.A. Montgomery, who is one of the instrumental figures of even bringing uh, Choose Your Own Adventures forward as a thing. Um, he contributed many books to the series, wrote a lot of them. You see his name on the a lot of the covers of the of this. Um, did he do some stuff in any wars? He. I don't believe he did stuff in wars. No. Okay. He, he did stuff in Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, very That's good. That's about it. <laughs> but he he uh, graduated from Williams College and went to grad school at Yale and NYU. Oh, and nice. and cookie. he died in 2014 in Vermont. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so there will be no appearance on the podcast. <laughs> Well, Unless we do a seance. We can perform we could, a seance. Yeah, we could perform a seance. Get out the we old need Ouija some board. Pretty good, pretty good scientists to uh, help us with that seance. Yeah, I, uh, get, speaking get of seance science going. Speaking of Ouija boards, real quick, since we're on this, I saw this video today where somebody was like, I left my Ouija board alone in the room with the camera on, and this happened. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to see this because, you know, I can't help myself. I love. I love watching supernatural stuff or looking into supernatural stuff, even though I truly don't believe in it, right? And so I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm watching the Ouija board, and then I see something move, and an Elmo starts walking past the window outside and waves at the camera and then walks away. (laughs) (laughs) It had nothing to do with the Ouija board. It was great. (laughs) I was expecting like a jump scare or something. Like nope. one of those stupid videos to get you get your attention, laser focus on something, and then quickly 
like flash a screaming face on there with a loud scream effect. Those are great, though. I I, lo- I love those things. <laughs> I have not done them to my children yet because I'm not. Uh, I want them to trust me for some time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them so fucking much. Not your kids. The right, yeah. The, the jump scare Damn, screen man. videos. They're I hate five. Kids so much. <laughs> I know, and they've done so much damage to my psyche in that <laughs> in that small amount of time. Now I'm not even their dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Josh, you had some uh, some Yeti I facts, some, didn't you? I have some facts. Ooh, let's get some Yeti facts. So the term abominable snowman was coined in 1921 by journalist Henry Newman, who mistranslated the Tibetan label Mito Kengmi, Dirty Men in the Snow. (laughs) So that's where the abominable snowman comes from. That term. (laughs) My favorite part is that Josh had to say, pronounce a word he'd never said before. (laughs) (laughs) We've forgotten this part. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so the Saktung Wildlife Sanctuary in Bhutan is a national park officially dedicated to preserving the Yeti. Hmm. And in the 1950s, the Napoli government cashed in on the increasing, increasingly popular Yeti myth by issuing Yeti hunting licenses priced at 400 pounds per Yeti. To date, no one has succeeded in capturing a specimen dead or alive. The search for uh, Yeti can be traced all the way back to the time of Alexander the Great, who in 326 BC set out to conquer the Indus Valley. Having heard stories of the Yeti, he demanded to see one for himself, but local people told him they were unable to present one because the creatures could not survive at that low an altitude. So that's very interesting, I thought. Um, It's still big business in Nepal. Visitors can stay at the luxurious Yak and Yeti Hotel in Kathmandu. And even travel with Yeti Airlines. And because of how remote the Himalayas are, there's there is a possibility that it can exist because we haven't obviously haven't traced all of the all of the Himalayas, and they're constantly growing. So the same can be said for for Bigfoot in America. Like the forests, uh, people don't really consider the size of the uninhabited land that is all forest in North America uh, between Canada and in some of the northern states in the mainland. So, I mean, yes, it is possible that these things exist somewhere. New creatures are found every day. But to <laughs> me, it seems like with all the supposed sightings of them, they clearly aren't if they, those are real, then they clearly aren't living in the most remote regions of these places. They're apparently hanging out near towns. I don't know if they like to go through garbage or what, but uh, yeah, I saw I saw something here that said that uh, it's it's very possible that some of the photos and videos uh, are speculated to be uh, hoaxes. So it's very possible that that people could be just making it up too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Now I heard uh, there's this little program called uh, Coast to Coast AM, and they had a expert on, and he said that the reason why we don't ever really see uh, Yeti is because they actually are from the uh, fifth dimension. And so mm. when they come to our dimension, they can just phase in and out at will. And that is why we don't ever see them because they actually don't live on this plane. <laughs> so I, I don't know. How. An, ex- an expert on Yeti. Expert <laughs> on, uh, well, Yeti and uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot people. Ah. So yes, Sasquatch okay. experts. <laughs> <laughs> you is know, Bigfoot a Yeti or a set? Is a Sasquatch like a they type are of Yeti? Cousins. They're that related, is, kind of the way that a polar bear and a grizzly bear is related. Okay, it, like or like apes and chimps or apes yeah. and monkeys. Well, I mean, a polar bear, like polar bears and grizzly bears, can mate together and make create, a roller bear. Yeah, make Those a roller bear, right? So, like, a Bigfoot, a Sasquatch can mate with a Yeti. And make a SETI? No, that's that's UFOs. And make Uh, a very disturbing porn. I think that it would make a Betty. A Betty? (laughs) A Betty. (laughs) A Betty? (laughs) A Betty. (laughs) 
A sesty yes squatch. Yes squatch. There we go. Oh, I like that. A yes squatch. <laughs> that would be you the know, title of the porn. Yeti, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> if they made it. Yeti are also uh, famously known for being able to keep things cool for up to 24 hours without ice. <laughs> oh, wait. This isn't Yeti facts. This is a cooler site. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is facts about Yeti coolers. It they're is. Very, they're very good, but they're very expensive. Here's another fact. They have a $50 dog bowl, and I can't figure out why a dog's food bowl would need to be able to stay cold for days on end. <laughs> or why it's $50? <laughs> yeah, $50, because it says Yeti on it. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, maybe if you named your dog Yeti, but... <laughs> I feel like they'll eat or drink anything you put in any container you set in front of them. They said will. like a true hater of animals. No, but no, he's he's correct. I'm not yeah, wrong. My dad's, dog, my dad's dog was begging for milk duds the other day. <laughs> and chocolate is terrible for dogs. That's true. <laughs> what is the chemical that is allergic to for them? I'm not going to know that, Ray. I don't know. I mean, that would be a I'm bing, gonna bing thing it. to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bing it. What chemical dogs are allergic to? In chocolate. Yeah, why, oh, why dogs the chemical can't have in chocolate. chocolate. Meanwhile, I found more facts about R.A. Montgomery. Oh, excellent. <clears throat> While he was not the first to write uh, books that had like multiple endings or um, that kind of thing, he was the first to, to write and publish uh, for young adults or children. Uh, the first one he wrote was called Journey Under the Sea, and the series was actually called The Adventures of You until it was rebranded to Choose Your Own Adventure. So this is the, interesting. It launched in yeah. he launched it in 1979 as as under the term game books and um history was made. We should Heck try yeah. to find some of those originals. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea, but be a fun one. They reprinted them, so we don't really need to find the originals unless we're trying <laughs> to add to our collection like our worlds of power books that we're we're saving up for retirement. I mean, technically, I don't have to save any of these books because <laughs> right. you're already going to have them all. <laughs> I have your copy of Simon's Quest here. Oh, so. I'm very excited to read that. Ooh, and when when R.A. when R.A. Montgomery wrote that first book, he wrote it under the pet name Robert Mountain. Ooh, Robert Mountain. <laughs> Is that Josh sneezing? That was my roommate sneezing. <laughs> oh, damn, man. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, allergies here are crazy. I found the uh, the chemical that is poisonous to dogs and chocolate, but if Josh... If- Theobermine? Okay. Dang it. I was hoping that you weren't going to get it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to say this because it's a word Josh has to attempt to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, so I was just like, oh, yeah, Theobermine. Got it. See, I would have called it theobromine. Theobromine. But theobromine sounds Bro- right, bromine. too. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, he's having a sneezing fit. Poor dude. <laughs> Poor guy. I, I was sneezing all day today. Like, the fact that I am not sneezing right now is amazing to me. So, I believe it's because I took Claritin. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that we haven't launched into the story yet is amazing to me. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that we need to get <laughs> going yeah, on the story. Enough of the yeah. foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No Bob's your uncle on this one. We're just doing it. Yep. yep. Okay. Cue the music. So choose your own adventure. I'm reading from the uh, the reprint version. Uh, so it's choose your own adventure one. And it may include changes from the first edition of it or whatever. But it's what we get today. So this is the Abominable Snowman by R.A. Montgomery. Choices will be made by Harold and Josh. You and your best friend Carlos have traveled to Nepal in search of the fabled Yeti or abominable snowman. Every time the word Yeti appears, it's in italics, by the way. So picture that in your head. Okay. (laughs) It's a term that apparently has to be italicized every time it comes up. Last year, while the two of you were mountain climbing in South America, 
A guide told you about the legendary creature, and you haven't stopped thinking about the Yeti since. Carlos arrived and went straight into the mountains when a Yeti sighting was reported. He hasn't been heard from in three days. A late monsoon storm has moved in, and the mountains are almost impassable. You know Carlos will depend on you to do the right thing. But what is it? And that was the prologue. So so this Yeti's in South America? Uh, you were mountain climbing in South America... But I, but there was a Yeti sighting in Nepal reported, so okay. Carlos okay. yeeted right over, and now you're going after him. Okay. No, you and your best friend traveled to Nepal. Oh, no, Carlos has, Carlos went ahead and has been th- heard from in three days. Right. Okay, I was so- just, when you said South America, I'm like, why is somebody in South America telling them about Yetis that are in Nepal? <laughs> this, this is just where you met Carlos. Okay. They have to explain his, his Hispanic name. Why is there a guy in Nepal named Carlos, right? Right. (laughs) All right. You are a mountain climber. Remember that now. Three years ago, you spent the summer at a climbing school in the mountains of Colorado. Your instructors said that you had natural skills as a climber. You made rapid progress, and by the end of the summer, you were leading difficult rock and ice climbs. That summer, you became close friends with a boy named Carlos. The two of you made a good climbing team. Last year, you and he were chosen to join an international team. The expedition made it to the top of two unclimbed peaks in South America. One night on that expedition, the group was seated around the cook tent at the base camp. The expedition leader, Franz, told stories of climbing in the Himalayas, the highest mountains in the world. Turn to page two, then to page four. And then page two and three is kind of a picture of mountains, and it's the Himalaya Mountains. They're all labeled as the peaks, whatever. Annapurna, Gosainthin, Machapuchare. I'm totally obliterating the pronunciation on these because they're not English. They're Nepali. I'm so glad I'm not reading this. It feels like I'm there. (laughs) And then there's Everest. Everest is at the top. This is the tallest one. Okay, page four. The Himalayas form a great natural wall between India and China, with Nepal tucked in amid the peaks. Everest, K2, and Annapurna are the best-known mountains in the Himalayas. These and many other peaks have been climbed. Still others lie in remote areas where few humans have gone. There, said Franz, in the high valleys beneath the snowfields, lives the Yeti, sometimes called the Abominable Snowman. The Yeti is said to be a huge beast, Franz tells you. Perhaps a cross between a gorilla and a human. People cannot agree what it is. Is the Yeti dangerous? Carlos asked. It's going to kill me trying to go between a German and a (laughs) uh, South American (laughs) accent. (laughs) Franz shrugged. (laughs) Some say it is. Other people say the Yeti is very gentle. Have you ever seen one? You inquire. No, almost no one has. The best proof of the Yeti's existence is a set of very large footprints discovered in the 1950s by a British expedition. No one has ever photographed one that I have heard, Franz answered. But the stories persist. You and Carlos decided then and there to find the Yeti. When you returned from South America, the two of you raised money from the International Foundation for Research into Strange Phenomena, also known as the IFFRISP, or IFRISP for short. (laughs) 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 Your goal? Proof positive that Yeti exists. You will find and photograph the Yeti. That is what brings you to Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal. Your problems, though, have already begun. Two days ago, Carlos left by helicopter to look over the terrain near Mount Everest. The helicopter returned without him. The pilot told you that Carlos decided to stay up at the Everest base camp to check out a report that a Yeti had been seen. He had a radio transmitter, but you have received no word from him. The weather turned bad, and radio communication was interrupted. You have an appointment to speak with R.N. Runal, the director of expeditions and mountain research, and an authority on on the Yeti. He knows of your plans. You need his help with official permits for the expedition. He will also have good advice and information. But what about Carlos? If you decide to cancel your meeting with Runal and search for Carlos, turn to page 7. If you feel that Carlos is okay and go ahead with your plan to meet Runal, turn to page 8. I mean, I'm going to say Carlos is a big boy and he's up there at the base camp at least. Um, and not going to talk to Runal could prove detrimental to our trip. I agree with Harold. So Go talk to this guy. Confer with the experts first. 
always. Yeah, Carlos can last for <laughs> the the duration of a meeting, right? He's exactly. Fine. He's, He's I can't fine. fine. Carlos I can't make is it a to this big. half hour meeting. <laughs> He's a big boy. All right. You walk down a street bordered by tall pines. They are green-blue, and the branches and needles are very fine and delicate. Hanging from the upper branches are what look like huge, tear-shaped, blackish-brown fruit. I swear I am not not making up these nature descriptions. (laughs) So before before you suspect me of just throwing in, like, Tolkien shit, this is what's in the book. (laughs) You stop this is and- reasonable. <laughs> there were 17 uh, pine needles on one branch. Oh, okay. Three- yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Hanging from the upper branches are what look like huge tear-shaped blackish brown fruit. You stop and look up, wondering what they are. Then one moves, spreads giant wings, and flaps off. They are bats, the largest bats you have ever seen. You reach the foreign are ministry. Are they bionic? <laughs> they are so fucking bionic. <laughs> <laughs> They're bionic-ish. Nepali bionic-ish bats, yes. <laughs> you reach the foreign ministry, and you are shown to a waiting room. You, meet a few, you wait a few minutes, and then are ushered in to meet R.N. Runal, Director of Expeditions and Mountain Research for the Nepalese government. Okay. <laughs> What's, what voice is he going to have? Welcome to our country. We wish you success. But I have some bad news. The expedition you have proposed could be very dangerous. You look at him, not knowing what to expect. Turn to page 10. Recently, a large expedition set out without telling us that they were going after the Yeti, says Runal. They used guns and traps and tried to kill one of them. The Yeti are angry. Mr. Runal, uh, Mr. Runal, we just want to find a Yeti. We have no intention of ever hurting a Yeti. I know that. We have checked up on you. It is a shame about the others. I must advise against going into Yeti territory. I could arrange a trip for you into the Terai region, out of the mountains in the jungle area. You could photograph and study the tigers. They are famous and also dangerous. Later, perhaps, you could conduct the expedition you are leading. If you decide to go ahead with the expedition for the Yeti, turn to page 16. If you decide to postpone the expedition and let the Yeti calm down and go on to the Terai region in search of tigers, turn to page 19. Fuck those tigers. I want to see a Yeti. (laughs) Well, and Carlos is already up there, so we can't just decide now to go to the jungle. (laughs) You know, we need to... We, we can't leave Carlos there for weeks. We need to just, you know, half hour meeting is one thing, but so yeah, let's yeah. go to the, <laughs> so press on towards Yeti and maybe saving Carlos's life, huh? And possibly saving Yeti lives. I mean, maybe and we can Yeti. stop somebody else from, from attacking them. Okay. I appreciate your warning and kind offer of the alternative to go to the, to go to the Terai, you say. We are committed to this expedition. We will search for the Yeti with openness and friendship. R.N. Runal nods his head and speaks quickly to his assistant in Nepali. Within minutes, you have the necessary papers for the expedition, stamped in the proper places with the official seal of the Nepalese government. As you shake hands before leaving, he stops you. If you are determined to go on with your expedition... It could be easier and safer if I come with you. What should you do? Having a government official along with you might just cause delays and bureaucratic snafus. On the other hand, he could also smooth the way. If you accept Runal's offer to join you, turn to page 24. If you decline his offer, turn to page 27. Well, Andy, how much do you like doing that voice? (laughs) I don't know. I kind of feel like I made a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like you did too because I, I think this guy's yeah. Nepalese, not German. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm trying he to. Sounds a lot like Franz. I'm trying to lean away from the uh, the German, just kind of make him sound weird. <laughs> um, I mean, I want to I want to keep him, but at the same time, like, yeah, I'm like, hmm, he doesn't like that cons- voice. I don't think <laughs> we can't consider whether or not he likes the voice because I am enjoying listening to the voice. <laughs> It's a fun, so, fun voice. So go based on whether you want to have a government official with you. Yeah, right. I think it will smooth things over. So I yeah. think you should take him. So do I. Yeah. Okay. So you accepted Runal's offer to join you. Turn to page twenty-four. 
Now that he's a member of your expedition, Runal sends out a government team to set up your base camp and find Carlos. Success! Carlos is found and rejoins you. Yeah! Bam. <laughs> yeah, got him. Runal turns out to be an excellent team member. Six porters carry your food and tents and supplies. This leaves you free to explore the steep valley sides and the small villages along the way. The days are long, beginning at first light and going until sunset, which is basically how long days are from sunrise <laughs> until sunset. <laughs> Your legs ache from the constant pounding as you walk along the narrow trails which have served these Nepalese people for hundreds of years. Above you are bright blue skies dotted with clouds. The snow and ice flanks of Lotz, Pumori, and Everest rise above the green of the lower slopes. As you approach a village, Runal points out a large building with a red roof, which stands above the small, neat houses clustered about it. That's the monastery where there lives a monk, a Buddhist monk, who has lived with the Yeti. But I thought no one has really seen one. I thought no one alive had spent time with the Yeti. Runal answers, A well-kept secret. Those who share the secret knowledge of the Yeti are pledged to reveal this knowledge to only two appointed people. You and you alone are one of the appointed. It has been seen in the stars. It has been read in your hand. What do you mean? Who saw it in the stars? Who read it in my hand? Runal does not answer for several minutes. Then he speaks. If you accept the secret knowledge... Your life will change. You will never be the same. Decide now. If you are ready for the secret knowledge of the Yeti and the responsibility that goes with it, turn to page 40. If you reject the offer of secret knowledge, turn to page 116. Who rejects that offer? Yeah. What fuck's wrong with you? I absolutely want my life to change. <laughs> I want the secret of the Yeti. I want it. More than anything else. Tell me your secrets. Book. <laughs> Yeti are actually ninjas. <laughs> You'll never oh, see one. Oh, shit. That's why they're so elusive. All right. <laughs> so you're accepting the responsibility of the, of the secret knowledge? Yes. All right. Here we go. I gladly accept your offer. I am ready for the knowledge. Come with me. He leads you to the monastery. Carlos stays behind, which is great because I don't think I can do a Hispanic accent right now. <laughs> <laughs> you and Runal enter the monastery through a huge wooden door. It is dark inside, but you make out the figure of an old man seated on the floor. Behind him is a statue of Buddha. The man welcomes you and motions you to sit before him. You see that he is wearing the robes of a monk. You are served yak butter tea, a thick broth that you find hard to swallow. <clears throat> Listen well with heart, head, and body. Listen with eyes more than ears. Heed the cry of the Yeti, the old monk tells you. You can hear bells in the distance and wind in the pine trees just outside the window. It is beautiful. You sit for what seems like hours, listening with your whole being. Finally, the monk speaks. Time now to go on the next journey. What journey, you ask? This is getting too weird. A continuation of the one you are already on, he replies. If you agree to take the journey, turn to page 59. If you decide that you are not prepared to change your life forever, turn to page 63. Yeah, I'm let's, prepared. Let's, yeah, I'm let's, prepared. Let's go on this journey. Full speed ahead. Change my life. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, does this mean? Ooh, come on, girl. I hope I get to do something with that Yeti. Ooh, girl. Ooh. Turns out the Yeti is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> if we make a bad decision, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find where we came from because there's a lot That's of fine. choices. <laughs> like, basically, every page is a choice. Yeah, but I feel like these are very strong choices, and all the other ones will just lead to an ending, which is going to be they're all the same ending, too. It's like, yep, you just stop doing what you did, you don't see a Yeti, and you're done. That's why I was yeah. like, yeah, we, we should just yeah. keep going. Interesting. No, I think we're on a good roll here. Okay. Rinal is still with you. He taps you on the shoulder, and you rise and follow him to the back of the monastery behind the Golden Buddha. The heavy smell of rose-scented incense fills the air. The Yeti are guides to Shangri-La. 
They take the chosen people to this hidden valley, which many have heard of and only a few have seen. You nod, wondering what comes next. One last chance, my friend. Turn back now and live a normal life with your friend Carlos. Go ahead and accept the life of the secret world. If you go on, turn to page 70. If you turn back, turn to page 72. (laughs) Yes, we're going to (laughs) go. We're going, man. Why? They really don't want us to do this. Last chance. (laughs) I'm really starting to wonder if we're making good choices here. Rudolph pulls out a gun and shoots you. The end. Uh, yeah, damn! <laughs> secret life or the secret world is death. Life's changed now, bitch. <laughs> then you wake up in a warehouse. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> you wake up in a warehouse. <laughs> Please buy another book. <laughs> I am ready, Runal. Lead the way. You say testily. I am ready, Runal. Lead the way. Renal taps three times on the back of the Buddha, near the spot where its skull and neck join. It makes a clanging sound like cymbals being struck. Awesome. Before you stands a seven-foot-tall being, with broad shoulders and huge feet. His face is gentle and kind. You are not frightened. Renal introduces him. This is Zodak. He is your special guide. Follow him. He will take you where you must go. Can I say goodbye to Carlos? It is not usual. I do not advise it. It might upset him and you. However, if you wish, go and say farewell. If you go and bid farewell to Carlos, turn to page 90. If you decide against bidding farewell, turn to page 92. I feel like if we go back to say goodbye to Carlos, he's going to talk us out of going. Yeah, I don't want to talk to Carlos. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Carlos, man. We're on a journey here, and Uh, it's... I just met a fucking Yeti, dude. I don't give a fuck about Carlos. I don't know that this guy was a Yeti. He's just big and broad-shouldered. Seven foot tall? (laughs) Seven foot tall being with broad shoulders and huge feet. Uh, I guess he's a being. He's okay, a yeah, foot. I guess he is a Yeti. <laughs> Sounds pretty Yeti-like. Zodak the Yeti, probably. I don't know. There's a picture on the other, on the opposite page, but it's just of a dude touching the Buddha statue. Maybe not, he's a shaved Yeti. Not of a being. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Buddha was a Yeti. Ooh. Hey. All right. We decide against bidding farewell? Yes. Yeah. Nine two. Oh, yeah. He's a total fucking Yeti. <laughs> Hair all over. <laughs> <laughs> Zodak motions to you to follow. He takes one giant step into the air. You look with amazement as he hovers a meter off the ground. Then you step up into the air and you too are suspended above the floor of the monastery. You are levitating. Whoosh! The two of you zoom out of the monastery, right through the walls, up into the sky. You travel at unimaginable speeds. You climb at a dizzying pace until the two of you stand on top of the sharp, icy crest of Mount Everest. Oh, this whole multidimensional thing sounds more and more plausible. Yeah. <laughs> more like it's related like, to Yeti. Oh, wow. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Below you stretch glaciers, mountains, valleys. You see the world from the top. Zodak points to a narrow slot near the topmost point of Mount Everest. He says, and this is Zodak's voice here, <laughs> So I got to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. nope. That is the route to (laughs) Shangri-La. He takes three steps, enters the slot, and disappears from sight. You take one last look at the earth about you. You see the clouds rolling up from the flat, dry plains of the Punjab in India. You see the curve of the earth proving that the earth is round and not flat. You see the contrail of an airplane far to the south. (laughs) The contrail speaks to you because it's a (laughs) chemtrail. You step into the narrow chute. It's warm, glistening with the shine of a metal unknown to you. You hover in space in the narrow metal tube. In truth, you are moving at a great speed down through the center of Everest. There is a rose-colored glow around you. Where is Zodak? Some guide, you think, leaving you alone. What's next? Turn to page 112. That's what's next. 
With a gentle bump, you come to rest. In front of you, there is a clear glass door. You push it open, there stands Zodak. Come, welcome to Shangri-La. You walk out into a dark green valley surrounded by low-lying hills. In the distance are high mountains. One of them looks like Everest. You hear music unlike any music you have ever heard before. It is somewhat like the sounds in the monastery, the bells and wind. The sunlight is warm and relaxing. Zodak leads you down a long trail to a seven-story building. It seems to be a fortress, but it is painted white and red and gold. There are no soldiers, no guns, only people who smile and greet you as though you are an old friend. It seems so natural. You turn to Zodak and you get a shock. His form has changed. Now, he is the mirror image of you. What does this mean? Although you never find out about that, you learn about many things as you stay in the valley. You have the chance to try many activities you could never try before, but only what is available in the valley. You learn to be contented within the limits of the small valley. Second thoughts? Turn to page 107. One last chance. Is that it? Is that what you want? Okay, you're on. Out of the valley of Shangri-La and back to the real world. Is it different? Can you do whatever you want? Can you fulfill your dreams? Can you enjoy your life completely? Or must you be content within limits? The end. That was flipping weird. Yeah, that was trippy. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> like, okay, so... Uh, I was expecting to find some Yeti in, you know, the wild, not in some magical multi-dimensional place. Yeah, not in the center of the earth. You're right. It takes you through a slot at the top of Mount Everest and oh, that's blows so, your mind. So, yeah, it's so journey to the center of the earth type thing. <laughs> and with, then just you know, spits you back like out. Like the rock, popping pecs and all that good stuff, you know? <laughs> It spits you back out, and you never look at life the same again. The end. Weird. <laughs> really well, weird. Well, uh... Ari Montgomery, you're a weird some bitch. So... For sure. <laughs> I like how you said some bitch like a rock, too. That's perfect. Um... Yeah, well, yeah, when, what can we go back to? They did try to turn us away multiple times. <laughs> they did. So you, like, your choices were, uh, um, do you go find Carlos or do you have a meeting? Okay, you have a meeting. Do you let the government official come with you or don't you? Okay. Um, we you- did, and it was awesome because it made our lives so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like, are you sure? Are you sure you're sure? Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> okay, then. Here we go. Wait a minute. Are you so, one last chance? Are you sure? All right, here we go. Down the chute. What? Now, do those take you to different pages every time, or do those choices lead to the same page? No, I'm sure they lead to different pages. They were different There's, pages. You don't know. Yeah. Sometimes they do that. Um, They'll just lead mm. to the same page. I, I will say that we really should have, they should have let us decide if we wanted to drink that yak butter tea, because I think it was laced with LSD. <laughs> <laughs> right? At least mushrooms. At yeah. least mushrooms. By the way, the yaks eat a strange mushroom <laughs> on the side of the mountain. It's Yeti pee. Yeti pee. They have, man, that growing Yeti pee. <laughs> wow. Man. Shangri-La. You know, to think that there are people out there that spend their whole lives, like, meditating to get to Shangri-La, and all we had to do was... <laughs> Talk to a Yeti and go through a metallic space tube. (laughs) (laughs) After getting something signed and notarized and stamped by the Nepalese government. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Man. I mean, I do wonder what would happen if we say goodbye to Carlos. That is the only. Is that how far back you want to go? Because it's only one choice back. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say I would say saying goodbye to to Carlos. Let's see, let's see if he talks us out of it. Yeah. And All right, I have to find that choice again. Again, like, we were never, clearly the guy is a Yeti, right? But we were never, like, explicitly told he was a Yeti. And what the fuck are the Yetis coming to Earth for anyways? Like, why bother coming back here? <laughs> If you can do all that elsewhere, like what are you yeah, looking for here? Yeah, you can levitate here? and shit. Like, what's yeah, the what are point you looking for right here? <laughs> okay. It seems like a waste of time and resources. So you want to go back to uh, saying goodbye to Carlos? Yeah, let's say goodbye yeah. to Carlos. All right. Here's what happens. Uh, all right. Who was saying that? Zodak. No, it was a uh, Runal saying that. 
It is not usual. I do not advise it. It might upset him and you. However, if you wish, go and say farewell. So if you go and bid farewell to Carlos, turn to page 90. If you decide against bidding farewell, turn to page 92. So it's 90. You walk out of the room. The Yeti, Zodak, accompanies you. Carlos stands outside, as he was when you left him. He is frozen in time. He can't hear you, nor can you hear him. You have become a part of a different world. You start to realize some of the consequences of your decision to go to Shangri-La. You say a quiet goodbye to Carlos, even though he cannot hear you, and follow Zodak back into the monastery. Turn to page 92, which was the other choice. That was the other choice. So So we just immediately go straight down the same path again. (laughs) So Zodak makes you levitate again. (laughs) Anyways. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I guess to get like a crazy different ending, we would have to go back to not working with the government or... Yeah, geez, we'd have to go. We would probably have to go back to not working with the government if we wanted to create. If we wanted, <laughs> however, that, if you want to get to Shangri-La, then trust the government. <laughs> <laughs> but good luck living your life, fucker. After you've seen Shangri-La, right? <laughs> Can you even live within those limits? <laughs> <laughs> And the bats totally had nothing to do with anything. And now later, later, this guy calls uh, Coast to Coast AM as an expert and tells him that these are actually multidimensional beings. <laughs> Which, that is not baseless considering what we have in this book. That is wild that it went there after Josh brought that up like out of nowhere. <laughs> the oh, there's this guy who called in, and then this book that was written in what 1983 or whatever, 19. Holy uh, shit! <laughs> yeah, published first published in 1982. Yeah. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yes. Now it makes you wonder if that expert read this choose your own adventure book or <laughs> if the idea. <laughs> All right, so we're going back to the decision of not letting the government official come with us? Yeah, I think think if you're down for it, we should do that far back, because... All right, slide whistle, please. Okay, what should you do? Having a government official along with you might just cause delays and bureaucratic snafus. On the other hand, he could also smooth the way, so if you accept Ronaldo's offer to join you, 24... If you decline his Ugh, offer, I hate bureaucracy. Ugh, bureaucracy. Oh man, twenty-seven. Red tape. Fuck that. <laughs> All right, I think we'll go it alone. Thanks anyway. Mister Runal shakes your hand, but he does not smile. It is clear that you have offended this man. What should you do? Is an apology in order? Should you try to patch things up? If you try to make amends and end up inviting him to accompany you, turn to page 39. If you stick to your decision, turn to page 42. We're sticking to our guns. Yeah, we're sticking to our guns. All right. Fuck that guy. (laughs) This book has a lot of choices that are like, are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. And then that other choice leads you to the page that it was going to lead you to anyway. (laughs) Right. You leave Runal's office. As you walk outside, you are hit with torrential rain. It falls from the sky, hitting the earth in explosive drops. You planned your expedition, assuming the monsoons would be over by now, but apparently they are not. You sit out, sit it out in your hotel for three weeks. The constant rain has closed off the trails to the mountain valleys with mudslides and boulders. Nature has gone wild, and your expedition is blocked for good. Too bad. Try again next season. The end. Wow, man! This so, book hates you. <laughs> you so the fuck with only me, you fuck real with choice, <laughs> the only real choice, is to go on this trippy space adventure with yeah. <laughs> this, the fifth dimensional Yeti. <laughs> you may have gotten the best ending that there is to offer. <laughs> we might have right off the bat. Just for shiggles, what happens if we uh, decide to, like, okay, so they ask us twice before we (laughs) say goodbye to Carlos. I just want to see what happens if we do end up, like, being like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to change our lives. Because I feel like it's just going to lead to another stupid ending. So, (laughs) so go back down the path where we have Renal with us. Yep. But... But then, uh, yeah, like the first or second time, they're like, are you sure? I just want to see if A, they're the same page. (laughs) Okay. And B, what does happen? Because if they're all endings, it's like, wow, that's... 
Okay, so if you're ready for the secret knowledge of the Yeti, (laughs) we're going down that path. Well, I mean, when this guy came up with walking into a fucking magic space land like he did, why would he want you to go to any other land ending? He's like, no, 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 this is wild. (laughs) You guys, you guys, I saw this in 1976 when I was high on acid. It was awesome. Uh... You're ready for the secret knowledge of the Yeti. Habba dabba. All right, do you want to go to this choice where if you agree to take the journey or decide that you're not prepared to change your life forever? Not prepared, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, this is the old monk. <laughs> Time now to go on the next journey. What journey, you ask? This is getting too weird. A continuation of the one you are already on, he replies. So if you decide you are not prepared to change your life forever, turn to page 63. You get up and head for the door. An invisible barrier stops you. The monk smiles. Perhaps he understands your feelings of conflict. I'm not too happy being here. I'm frightened, the monk says. Nothing is easy. Many things are frightening. If you must leave, then leave. You will return when you are ready. You thank the monk. This time, nothing blocks you from going through the door. Several minutes later, you look back not knowing whether you made the right choice or not. Your memory of the recent past events is blurring, slipping, vanishing. The end. Yep, I knew it. I was like, yep, it's going to be stupid. Yeah, yeah, you're being... This isn't a choose-your-own-adventure. This is a we-wrote-adventure, you have to go on it. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly what this was. How about we go see some nice tigers? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, I guess let's go to the tigers. No, no, no. Let's go and um, save Carlos. Right off the bat, save oh. save Carlos right off the bat. Instead of talking to the, instead of going to the meeting, let's instead of keeping uh, your meeting, seek out Carlos. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fuck this government official who's trying to trap us at a Buddhist monastery. <laughs> Help! He's trying to lure us into Shangri La. <laughs> if I know anything about Shangri La, there's clowns there, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know much about Shangri-La. Apparently, it's all Yetis. (laughs) No ICP clones at all. Just Yeti. Just Yetis. Okay. But what about Carlos? If you decide to cancel your meeting with Runal and search for Carlos, turn to page seven. So that's what we're doing. This particular one is pretty easy because it's generally from like front of the book to back of the book in in the timeline uh, whereas other ones that we've read have been have jumped like all over mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's a little bit easier you telephone mr runal at the foreign ministry this is an emergency mr runal my friend carlos is missing at base camp i need help right now of course i understand please allow me the honor of coming with you i know oh, the God region well <laughs> You gladly accept the help of Mr. Runal, not knowing what we know about him. (laughs) (laughs) His reputation as a mountaineer is excellent. He is able to arrange for a Royal Nepalese Army helicopter to meet you at the Tribuhaven Airport. Two hours later, you land at the Everest base camp where Carlos was last seen. His red nylon mountain tent is still there, but the storm has erased all footprints. Most reports of the Yeti have them well below base camp, but it is possible that they are up this high. Oh, that was Rudolph speaking. Eh, you just pretend I made the voice. Rudolph yep. says, as the two of you stand by the tent looking at the glacier and the high peaks, if you and Rudolph search below the base camp in the valley, turn to page 9. If you go above the base camp, turn to page 13. So we're going up or down? I mean, let's go down because we're... Down, yeah, that's where yeah, the Yeti are. Yeah, Carlos heard a report of Yeti and that's where he went. Okay. The helicopter stays at base camp, and you and Runald descend on foot along a narrow, rocky path below the snow line into a pine forest. It takes many hours of careful walking. The trail suddenly becomes very steep, and one side falls off more than a thousand meters to a river gorge. You come to a small stone house with a thatched roof. A thatched roof cottage, if you will. Ooh. Thatched roof cottage, yes! Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) An old woman sits in the sunlight by the door. Can you tell us if any climbers came by here? My friend is about five foot five, five foot nine, medium build, has dark hair. Runal translates your description into Nepali. The woman nods and says two men came by. The younger one left a note. Don't follow. Wait at base camp. Carlos. Runal turns to you with a puzzled look on his face. Carlos is your friend. 
If it were up to me, I would ignore this message, but you know him better. What now? What do you think? If you obey the message and climb back up to the base camp to wait for Carlos, turn to page 20. If you ignore the message and decide to look for Carlos, turn to page 15. See, now we're getting to some real choices here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like since he's been gone and missing, we should probably ignore the message. I say we continue to look for him. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, ignore the message. Page 15. Carlos may be in trouble. We must find him. Runal nods in agreement, and he gives the woman two copper coins. She smiles at him and speaks rapidly in Nepali. Then she shuffles into the house. You and Runal remain outside, next to the small garden where the squash lie ripening. What was that all about? What did the old woman say? You adjust your rucksack straps to stop them from chafing your shoulders. Runal looks at you and says, The woman claims that your friend was traveling with a yeti. You stare at Runal in disbelief. But why not? You are here to find them. Maybe they found you this time. You head down the trail, not knowing quite what to expect. Turn to page 32. As you race down the path, you see footprints that might have been left by a yeti. Suddenly, it is very quiet. The birds have stopped singing. The only sound you hear is your footsteps and Runal's be right behind you. You wonder why. It doesn't take long to find out. Around a turn in the path, you run smack into a band of creatures that can only be Yeti. They are aiming an ancient bronze cannon at you. One of them touches a light to the fuse, and that is the last thing you remember. Until you wake up in your own bed. It must have been that awesome triple-decker with mustard, anchovies, and chocolate syrup. The end. You fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> fucking serious. God damn it! I was excited. I was like, we just got hit by a fucking Yeti cannon? Nope. Nope. It was a goddamn sandwich. God damn it. It was so cool until they fucking ruined it. Yetis oh, have a cannon. Man. I was oh excited to get hit by a Yeti cannon. And it was all a dream. Fuck. I'm angry now. I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to be real. And yet the real Yeti were so... Disillusionary or whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. <laughs> In their multidimensionality. <sighs> this is a weird book. It is. It's like, <laughs> yeah. do as you're we, told, we got into it. <laughs> or else the story's over. <laughs> I, I'm actually glad that we read this, because it was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Every ending is just so weird. Extremely for, bizarre. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, keep that one because I want to see the rest of the stupid <laughs> endings when I when I visit because that's bizarre. <laughs> the, yeah, this this has been a very strange trip that we went on here. <laughs> strange wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fun one. Yeah, that was that was yeah, I enjoyed it. That was fun. Such wild so. wacky shit, <laughs> and I'm tempted to keep going, but we're at an hour and. Yeah, we, to we told ourselves that it ends how it ends. We've totally thrown that out the window. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, but we got now. we got two good endings this time. We got the weird, trippy mushroom ending, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where you, where you go through through the earth. We got and the ending we, we kind of led to, and then we got the ending where I'm gonna get rid of the stupid sandwich and just think of it as the <laughs> awesome ending where we got hit by a yeti cannon. <laughs> and got killed. So that, that was wild. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. You just got Yeti cannoned. Yep. <laughs> That's what actually happened. <laughs> Yeti cannon. <laughs> and Carlos had one line of dialogue the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even in the end, he never even got to speak to him again. Even when we went to say goodbye <laughs> to him, he didn't speak. Yeah, because he was in a different plane. You were on a different plane of existence by that time. Oh, man. <sighs> <sighs> oh. That was something. That was a fun one. I liked it. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I will give it this. We found Yeti multiple times. So <laughs> we did. You know. Yep. The Yeti are real. We saw Zodiac. Zodak. Zodak. Zodak, yep. yep. <laughs> he just started well. levitating through the ceiling, and it was fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> right up to the <laughs> top of Mount Everest. This is fine. Uh, when you were dude. talking about that part, it actually, I, I don't believe I've ever, I believe I've told you guys about this before, but there was, there was a period of time for like a good year where I kept having this recurring dream and it would be, I would wake up in bed and I would get out of the bed and I'd go to walk out to the kitchen to get a drink and I would try to turn on the kitchen light and it wouldn't turn on and I would suddenly realize that I could fly and I would turn around and start floating through the house towards the front window and I would be thinking about like, oh man, I'm going to go fly over the city. This is going to be so cool. And the closer I got to the window, I'd start to realize that I couldn't control the direction I was going. I was just going forward and Uh I couldn't like stop myself and I would just crash into the window and wake up. It was, yeah, Hmm. that's what the whole like floating into space thing made me think of. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That is one way to test if you're lucid dreaming or not, is to test the light, the light switch to see if it works. Because that's one of the things, apparently, that doesn't work in dreams is the light switches don't work. I don't know why, but hmm. it's one thing. I, it was in psychology class, so don't quote me on it, but I believe that is something that you can do. Well, I mean, that that every time, but it was the same dream every time. Now, my thought process during the dream was different, usually. I would be thinking of different things. But I would always realize that that I I had like no control right at the end of the dream. Huh. But I had the illusion of control up until that point. But yeah, when you were talking about the floating through the walls and stuff like that, I was like, man, it'd been great if I could have floated through the window instead of smashing yes. into it. <laughs> if only you had a Yeti guide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was missing is a Yeti guide. <laughs> Oh, an extensive study of lucid dreams revealed that several persons reported difficulty in switching on an electrical light in both ordinary and lucid dreams. This was followed up by giving the test to eight lucid dreamers. So, yeah, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, no, the light switch definitely didn't work. Interesting things. So, yeah, you can learn more about lucid dreams if you feel like (laughs) looking that stuff up. Because maybe in a lucid dream, you can finally meet the Yeti. Mm. Or get blown up by a cannon. Yeah, cannon. <laughs> God, an ancient brass cannon. <laughs> I love that it was an ancient brass one too. Like the, the twist at that one was uh, there were oh. multiple twists there. The first thing was running into the group of Yeti, and then them having a cannon. And I'm like, holy fuck, a cannon! And then they <laughs> shot you, and I'm like, oh my god! And then it's a sandwich <laughs> dream. <laughs> like what the fuck man it's like five twists well four twists (laughs) watch out for the next m night Shyamalan movie the abominable snowman (laughs) (laughs) holy shit there's an ending that involves a unicorn what is there (laughs) oh my gosh it's like an illustration it's carlos standing with a unicorn and a yeti (laughs) holy shit Save it. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do like a fun, crazy Patreon episode where we just go to or, all of our favorite endings. Or so maybe, <laughs> maybe even, maybe even at some point during the re, we we should start doing like find a good ending. The whoever read the book finds an ending that we didn't choose that was great, and just read like a certain portion of it for hmm. the reiterated or something. Yeah, because like I said, there was an <laughs> awesome ending in the warehouse book that we didn't even go down that path. But it was like I read it and I was like, "This ending's awesome." I hope the guys reach it, and you guys went the entire different way, and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, maybe we can do something in the future. We'll figure it out because yeah, this, this, out, yeah, this was a fun this was a fun book <laughs> to, wild. to get into. So it was wild. interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but so yeah. Uh, next week we got our our re- regular old reliterated reiterated episode. Reliterated so. reiterated number six. So I was thinking. I was thinking today. That maybe I would do write out a Bob's Your Uncle summary of the chapter, like run hmm. through the books. Oh, yeah, that'll be up fun. front with a, a reiterated Bob's Your Uncle. Okay, yeah, so that works. Try that out. Yeah. 
Sounds fun. Meh. Of course, we're going to have our the movies that we watch, the, the, the book movie reviews that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we like to do. We already watched The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Lion, the Wizard, Wardrobe. Which so I liked was, better than the book. So now we just got to figure out when we're going to do Call of the Wild. Right. So even though we might have to all watch that one separately. <laughs> <laughs> because we all have different services. Right. <laughs> yep. Call of the Wilds. Narnia and his magic treehouse. What was the other one? Uh, Goosebumps. Beware, Beware the, snowman. the snowman. Yes. Yes. And yeah, no- nothing made on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Revolutionary War on Wednesday. We could watch um, The Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's an episode. There's an episode of The Simpsons. I think might be a good companion to that uh, episode, though. The one where uh, Lisa finds out uh, the truth about Jebediah Springfield. Okay. Oh, and yeah. kind of uh, yeah, spark a, a discussion yeah, on a... uh, what do you do when you find out the uh, the town hero or some some uh, tall tale figure of uh, of your nation's past or whatever turns out to be a scumbag. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, we could we could definitely do that. We all have Disney Plus. I'd watch a Simpsons episode. It's been years since I've seen The Simpsons. Yeah, it's been years since I saw that episode. So, and it even involves George Washington. Nice. Yeah, it fits. All right. Plus, yeah. uh, we get to watch Simpsons together. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't Plus watched Simpsons watch in a long together. time. Yep. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. All that and so. probably Janelle <laughs> next week on Reliterated Reiterated Number Six. So yeah, that's going to do it for this uh, Choose Your Own Adventure episode. And in closing, <laughs> give a shit, read some lit. Eat your Wheaties, get some Reedies. Ooh. <laughs> I Thank like you. It. Or as in Nepali, Danyabad. This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing Reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right, I can I'm tell you to... that now I want to eat myself a Braunschweiger sandwich and see if I have some Yeti dreams. <laughs> <laughs> sweet Yeti dreams, everyone. Ah, sweet, sweet Yeti dreams. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Try not to dream about a Yeti in a Sasquatch mating. Right. <laughs> or getting cannonballed. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. <laughs>